This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here, go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, we have Ms. Sandra Gebhardt from... Sandra Gebhardt Marketing of all places is our guest. And we're going to, God, I bet we're going to talk about marketing and God knows what else. So let's go ahead and get things started. But before we get too deep into the weeds, why don't you give everybody who doesn't know who you are a quick overview quick, and then we'll start just getting after it. Awesome. All right. Well, once again, I'm Sandra Gebhardt. I'm coming to you live from Roundup, Montana. So that always throws everyone a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I run Sandra Gephardt Marketing. I'm a, a, a speaker. I speak at different events and I train um, 95% of my clientele are insurance agents on how to build their own foundational marketing using social media platforms, mainly Facebook and LinkedIn. Just still kind of old school. I believe in those foundations of marketing before you um, get too crazy. And that's what I do. I travel around. I speak on that. I have private students and uh, share my love for marketing with as many people as I can. Now, did you come from the insurance industry before you decided to get into marketing? And that's how you have so many clients that are in the insurance industry? Or are you just a marketing maven and decided insurance was so horrible they needed your help first and then you never left because there was so much work to be done? Uh, yes. Uh, so it gets, it gets a little dramatic. So everybody buckle up. You ready for this? Um, in true, uh, again, the, the, the title of the speech I give, I did a TEDx talk on it. It's called A Bit Too Much. And my life's been a little bit too much. Um, so I started as a captive agent. Um was got into uh, the the dream of buying a book of business that's going to make you like super rich, right? Um, and I was all signed up for the grind. I was ready to do it. And six months into us owning our agency, we had been married for about a year. My husband, Aaron, and I, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Ooh. So um, a couple things there. First, right away is he's, he's doing great. Um, it was the, the best brain tumor a guy could ask for, I guess. We haven't had any, uh, real backlashes, um, and everything's going really well with him now. 
and then here's my distasteful joke, but I think you guys can handle it. I, I say, love uh, distasteful jokes. <laughs> there's a, there's no lemon laws on marriages. Like once you sign that paperwork at the church, like there, there's no, no, no refunds. Like if you find out they had a brain tumor, it's, you, you just keep going. Right. So, yeah. For better or worse, sickness or health, right? <laughs> yeah. That's like an immediate thing. There's no like 12 month look back period. Um, uh-uh. <laughs> so, um, but I uh, got into, uh, I was running my agency. I was using a lot of the digital marketing uh, tools, but I, I couldn't quite get automation down. Um, Austin Moorhead was kind of babying me along with stuff and, and Chris Green and some of the other guys, but I didn't have a true automation system in place. So this was about six, seven years ago. Um, and the technology just wasn't there. So we had to go down to the Mayo Clinic fight this brain tumor. We spent, you know, a couple months down there um, focusing on his stuff. So it pulled me away from the office. And in that um, December of that year, we decided that we needed to go ahead and sell the agency. We got the brain tumor out, but the dramatics are not over, my friends, because the Mayo Mm. Clinic told us we wouldn't be able to have kids. So I do what I want. I'm not of this world. And uh, we found out right before we left to get his brain tumor out that we were pregnant with my son, Gage. Um, so the Mayo Clinic calls him the miracle baby. I think that goes to his head. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so here I was, um, with a convalescing, that's one of my, one of my favorite words I learned during the brain tumor process with my husband convalescing, um, uh, pregnant with my son. And I knew that I, I signed, um, really, really terrible non-compete. I didn't read any of the paperwork, always read the paperwork even if it's family, friends, or whoever you're, you're doing business with. Mm. Um, so I actually had a non-compete saying I couldn't sell insurance for five years um, that I signed. He, the, when I sold the book, they sent me the paperwork the morning Darren got his brain tumor out. Um, and I went ahead and signed it. I was like, Are you saying you were distracted or something? Yeah, or? But I was I'm distracted. like sitting here shocked <laughs> I could even enforce that. Like, I, I can't imagine well, being able to enforce a five-year non-compete. That's crazy. Yeah. Apparently I'm a badass. <laughs> that's how I took it. <laughs> well, that's about the best way to take I was it. Gonna, <laughs> thought I was going to sell all the insurance and no one, no one was going to be left. That's how I took it. Um, so, <laughs> it, but it was, it was just a, the plan for me. Um, no my, insurance hired, left at all. <laughs> just no, none for the, none for the average <laughs> consumer to get. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that makes sense, guys. The only thing. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, hired a couple mentors in, uh, Bobby Stocks and Rob Sakel, and I just went out and, uh, marketing's my passion. My degree is actually in public relations. So I have just had a blast since then. And it's been really cool because I've learned that, um, I can bet on myself, you know, Dave, I, we haven't been like super connected, but we've always kind of been in the same circle and, and, um, you know, I went from a really meek, like, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I can run some ads for you if you want me to. Um, I know some stuff about social media marketing. And Bitch, now- let me run them ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, you, you want the best or you want the rest? Which way are we going? So it's been really cool. So many ads. There's no more ads left for anybody either. No, now you've wiped out either. ads and insurance. Both. <laughs> it's just, I, I am the market. 
You should do it. That's it. Time out. Right now, officially, your name just needs to be changed to the market moving forward. The market. Sandra, the market. Yeah, Mark. Just like the game. Just like the game. You can, you can be a rapper. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the I just worked continuously on my mindset and my skills. And, and I'm just really in this comfortable place of knowing that, that I'm the game. The market. The market, the market game, <laughs> so market game. Yeah. How long, how long remind me, I'm sure it was in there. How long have you officially been like nothing but the marketing and your, your uh, speaking and traveling and, and working with agents uh, coming up on six years this February. So you've had plenty of time to see all the things that people do well, don't do well, don't do it all. What do you typically see when you go into somebody who's reached out to you for help? What are some common things they're missing? Um, typically, it's a mindset around marketing. So one of my favorites is, I, I, apparently, I said this on a training call. I don't remember it, but Joe Campert said it was a direct quote um, where I said, the leads don't suck, maybe you do. And I meant it in a really loving, caring, like, that's a, big, that, that's a bit of a paraphrase <laughs> from, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but it still means the same thing. The leads aren't weak, yeah. you're weak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of times when agents are looking for leads or any small business owner, right, they're like, I've got $15 and I would like to have 27 qualified people pick up their phone with a credit card in their hand. Um, so usually it's a, a misunderstanding of what true marketing is going to look like um, when it comes to building a brand. Um, you're, you're the king of this, right? Even your clothing, everything, like you can tell, like, obviously my colors are the pink with the purple inlays in it, right? So it's not buying fully into that you are a brand, no matter whether you want to be or not. And secondly, understanding what it takes to purchase leads and what it takes to really build a foundation and a following of people and getting your mind kind of wrapped around that, that you are going to, people are watching. They're either going to control the message or not. I think yeah, it pretty much what I would have expected you to tell me, you see mindset's a huge one, right? And I, I mean, I've got stories for days on literally every point that you just brought up, but I was going back and forth with a fairly well-known service provider insert inside the insurance industry that's working through some marketing challenges right now. And we put together some grassroots. And when I say we, I mean me and you know a couple of people here at Florida Risk put together some grassroots marketing uh, you know stuff to go on social. And it was a hundred percent, you know, the why behind it is it, it it is it wasn't that that I use this company or what does this company do? It's why does David and Florida Risk Partners choose to use this company specifically? And to me, that's going to always be the most powerful marketing message. And, you know, granted, the young ladies on my media team are the ones who put the stuff together. And I thought it looked outstanding. I was ecstatic with the quality of it. So as a courtesy, I sent it over to the marketing department at this company who will remain nameless as hard as it is for me to keep from just accidentally saying it. Um, we sent it over to the marketing department and about a day and a half later, 
I got back what looked to be as long as the New Testament explaining to me <laughs> that all of the things that we did didn't fit the brand guide. Okay. It's outside of the brand guide. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. Now, listen, I want to be the first person to say, I know what a brand guide is. I understand why it exists. And I agree with having it because if you don't have a brand guide, then anybody at all that's on your team that's going to go out and market could do whatever they want and it's not going to be consistent. I get it from a corporate perspective. That is exactly what needs to happen. Big problem. I don't work there and I'm not their partner. <laughs> so their brand guide it has nothing to do with me. And the other issue is in all reality, and I don't want this to sound sound um, cocky because it doesn't. I don't mean for it to sound that way, but it's probably going to to some. My reach is bigger than theirs. Like my reach is bigger mm -hmm. than their entire company. So don't tell me how to go and and market to people to get reach. I understand how to do that at, at, a, at a fairly decent level. And so my response was relatively quick and just basically said, "Hey." FYI, oh, and I'm sorry, then the, the person who's responsible for branding at this company decided to send me a couple of links to their to their work so I could see what, <laughs> some, what a, some, some tips, maybe a few yeah, pointers. some tips and tricks to, to help make it better. So I watched them and my response was honestly pretty simple. I said, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to fill me in on all this stuff. Um, and. I just wanted to let you know, it's great. If you're that serious about um, your brand guide and you think that you don't want me to put anything out to my audience to promote your brand in a way that I know my audience will get it, then I'll just not do anything. But I don't work there, so I don't, I don't have to go back and make the changes you're recommending or do any of this other stuff. I'm just simply not going to run any of this that I did. But by the way, I wanted to thank you for sending over the examples because they are very well-produced commercials. The problem is I thought you were looking for conversations. I can make a commercial for you, but that's not what works amongst agents when you're trying to get grassroots marketing. Everybody and their brother has billboards, commercials on TV, radio ads, all of that stuff shouting at consumers. That's not the message that resonates. It's for brand awareness only. You still have to have a multi-pronged approach to get people across the finish line. And when you bring an agency in that uses this product and does so in high volume successfully, and the person who runs the show for the agency is willing to get on and give you a testimonial with the nuts and the bolts of exactly why you use that product, you don't ask any questions. You don't give any kind of advice or recommendation. You say, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to do this. We appreciate it. And if you don't use it, you don't use it. But you don't send somebody back a, a freaking manifesto on branding that has absolutely no relevance to my life whatsoever. And that's funny that you brought the commercials yeah. and the billboards and the like, because that's a when you first asked her that question, that's exactly where my head went with what agents make make mistakes on and the, and the calendars, the the, fr the fridge calendars. I'm like that. That's from all these conversations we've had on the podcast over the last three and a half years. One thing that I've picked up on um, is, is just the fact that like how how far behind in some areas the industry is brutal. And, right. And so that's yeah. exactly where my head went is like, I mean, th that's people's idea of, of marketing in the insurance industry for, for the most, especially some of the older, um, you know, agencies, some of the legacy agencies out there.
Well, and the thing is, it's a mindset issue, though, because the leadership in the marketing department and the leadership in the C-suite, neither one have an understanding of why that's an important aspect to marketing, right? And I, I would, I actually got on the phone somehow. I, I had nothing. I had nothing to do with this. Nothing whatsoever. I was very kind in excused myself without getting, you know, my feathers ruffled or ruffling anybody else's feathers. So the way that I'm telling the story may elude a little emotion that wasn't in that correspondence. It was a hundred percent vanilla. <laughs> But somehow the email correspondence that I received with the manifesto on branding got into the CEO of the company's hands. And this is a big company. And I got a oh, call wow. on my cell phone from the CEO. And he said, I need to understand. He goes, first, let me apologize. Second, let me just help. And I'm thinking to myself, guy, you're part of the problem. You don't understand why this is important. I And he goes, well, I just, he goes, you're right. I just, you know. I just want to understand how you're, what, you know, what, where you were thinking or why you were going this way. And as I was talking with people that were involved in this last week, my, my answer was really kind of simple. If you went into a conference of insurance agents who were familiar with your company, but also familiar with me because they follow me on social or whatever else, they may know some of what you do. They may know some of your products. They may have a rough idea of how they work. Those same people are going to know my kids' names. They're going to know where they go to school. They're going to know what my favorite baseball team is. They're going to know that I like to cook and travel. They're going to be able to relate to me on a level that a commercial is never, unless it's a public holiday commercial that will force you to cry every single time <laughs> you look at it. They do it all the time. They're running back to school right now. But unless it's some, you know, a very well thought out in a commercial to specifically drive a specific emotion, you're just not going to get that through a normal brand awareness campaign. And that's one of the reasons why I've been fortunate enough to be able to build my brand because I'm a 100% authentic person that is no different in any message that goes out on social than any message you're going to get from me. If you're sitting across from me in my office or over the phone or whatever else, I am just the same person over and over again. And as I've gotten, when I was younger, I cared what other people thought about me. And as I've gotten older, you're either on the team or you're not, but if you, you would rather be playing with me than playing against me. But I'm perfectly fine with the fact that there are people out there that don't like my flavor. Okay, that's why you have options. It's a free market economy. You don't shop at one store. You don't need to listen to one podcast or you know follow one YouTube channel or whatever else. I just want you to find what works for you because sincerely, I hope that people can get better. If they're not going to get better from me, I need I want them to go get better from someone somebody else. The other thing you said though that I think is just something that this really bugs the crap out of me about our industry more than probably, well, it's one of my top three by far. And it goes back to the digital marketing piece and not understanding how ad buying works and all of that stuff, right? You used to, you yes. use the example. Somebody says, I've got 15 bucks. I want 25, 27 qualified leads with a credit card in their hand, ready to call and, and talk to me. That's the most ridiculous thing you could possibly think, Right. But yet you see it yeah. over and over and over again. And I think one of the issues that agents don't realize, there's a couple of them. Number one, you don't know this. Agents, you don't know this. I don't know it. I hire professionals to do it for me. I know enough to, to tell me I'm not going to waste my money trying to figure it out on my own. There's a lot of tuition to pay 
I'll have a professional come in and handle my Google ads, my Facebook ads, all of that stuff. Do I pay that person? Yes, I pay them a pretty penny to come in and do that stuff. Do I question them? Only because I want to know the why behind. I don't I don't distrust them, but I am curious. I do ask a lot of questions. And here's here's the thing. When and I, I don't have a problem. I use Chris Langell from uh, Local Traffic Marketing and Advisor Evolved. He does my website. He does does our uh, our paid advertising stuff. And then I use Danielle and the the team at, at Little Dog to to do just the general social stuff for us. But when when I went to Chris originally, I told him I said, "Here's what I want to do. Think through what your recommendations would be. Come back to me. Let me know what the plan is, or or come up with a plan and, and present it." whatever those words were. And so he did. And he came back and said, here's what I, you know, here's how much I think it's going to cost. You know, roughly you're going to have to give me probably three to six months before we start seeing some forward momentum on this. So everything can catch, you know, you may see some things earlier on, but you know, you got to let the snowball build and let everything work, blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, sounds good. When do we start? He goes, well, basically we started immediately. And so. Once that invoice is paid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, once the, in the invoice, yeah, and the invoice was paid. You're right. And the invoice got paid immediately, and we did start immediately. But Chris will have other agents reach out to talk to me about my experience, not necessarily with his company, but with the marketing in general. Right? They they want to talk to me about, you know, how Google Ads have worked for us specifically because we're more middle market, you know, and and all of that. And every I'll, every time I'll get on the phone and I'll spend time talking with an agent, but I tell them the same thing. Let this man do his job. And I would say the same thing if you sent somebody to talk to me. I don't even have to use your service to have that call. I would say, let me talk to him. Let her do her job. She's going to come to you as a professional and she's going to say, this is exactly what I, do, what I would do. And here's how much it's going to cost. Here's how much you're going to pay me to do this for you. And here's how much I need in budget to go buy ads for you on your behalf. Number one, when you're buying ads on my behalf, you're, that's not money you're putting in your pocket. That's ad spend. It's easily traceable. You can see, oh, okay, I get it now. That's why she had me set up an AdWords account. I can go in and look at all of this and make sense of it. So people look at how expensive it is. And I feel like they think that money, much of the time, it's the person who's running the ads, you know, setting everything up for them that's making all this money when that's not the case. The money's going to whatever the platform is you're advertising on and it's a nominal amount that's actually going to the company or the service that you're using to set it up. The other thing I think that agents don't understand is that it is not a straight line in terms of how the numbers work, right? So if Chris, like when Chris originally came to me, he said, I think that you need to plan on having about $3,000 a month if you're comfortable with that to start out and then we'll build from there. Okay, that's fine. Not a problem. We'll start out at three thousand a month, and if we need to build, we'll just add budget as we go to different things. But you're the pro. I'm. Gonna, he, he came to me with a good presentation, and so um, we've had a lot of success. But agents, I think, believe that if Chris would have told me, or if Sandra would tell me, "Hey, I need three thousand in budget," and I feel like realistically, you know, and, and this is something I think it's really important for everybody listening to hear. They can't tell you how many leads you're going to get for that. They don't have any idea. Yes. They have a rough idea and that's about all you're going to get. But, the you know, and I told Chris that I said, listen, 
I don't need you to tell me like a, a precise number, but if we put 3000 in budget in knowing the demographic that we're marketing toward, because this was specific to, to, to some trucking, I said, what are you thinking? He said, man, he goes, honestly, we've been doing really, really well with that class. He said, I feel like $3,000, you probably would get 50 to a hundred leads. Okay. That's a big swing. 50 to a hundred is double. So I see what he did yeah. there, but I, but I'm good with it. Right. <laughs> And so let's just use a hundred as the example because it's easier. If I pay three thousand dollars for a hundred leads, I'm paying thirty dollars a lead. That's reasonably cheap for trucking leads online. Am, am I wrong? I don't know. I'm just to me, it didn't seem like it was out of whack. I, I felt like thirty bucks for a lead is is not yeah, not for not for the the premium and revenue that yeah, it's that when you're generate. looking at, yeah you're looking at a minimum yeah. of three thousand in revenue on each one of these accounts bare right. minimum. Yeah. So, but I couldn't have gone back and said, yeah, I know I can get a hundred for 3000. I'm just going to give you 1500 for 50. It's not how it works because you can <laughs> cut the ad budget in half and you might only get 10. You might only get 15. You might only get 20. It doesn't go in a straight line. So that's a good point to wrap all of this stuff up with a bow on top of it. How bad would it suck to be in a position in a profession where people came to you for your professional advice, told you they wanted you to put recommendations together for them, you propose those recommendations to them, they want to cut budget because they feel like they know more about your business than you do, and as a result, they don't get the results and you end up getting blamed. We do it every day, people. Every <laughs> single day, we have people that want us to give them our professional advice. They want us to tell them the insurance they need. Then they want to come in and nickel and dime us and take coverage away. And when a claim's not covered because they changed the quote that we told them was the best for them, we're the ones that get the fingers pointed at it at us. Why are we so fickle that we go do the same thing we hate so much to our service providers? And yet I see it every single day in our industry, and it's repulsive to me. Find the pro, Podcast go to the pro. Over. Yeah, let the pro <laughs> do their job. That's, that's it. You know, and that's that's something I something I say all the time is, you know what? If I could, if if you guys called me and said, you know, I want trucking leads for $10 a piece. I'm going to turn them into $3,000 in premium. Um, I want people to answer the phone at one o'clock every single day. If I could figure that out, you wouldn't be able to afford me anyway. If I could figure out that silver bullet, I'm going to sell that silver bullet, right? Right. So, um, you know, the and that's why I always say mindset, right? Because there's two ways I see agents go. One, agents are going to try to do it themselves. So I'm not so much on the paid side anymore. I'm, I'm working more with the organic, but it the, the, the statement's true all the way around. I've seen a lot of really good agents nearly go broke in their agency trying to become digital marketers. And that's a very, very slippery slope. Well, um, and think so you about this to too. Of that. And the other thing that you see, and I know this with absolute certainty, that's why I'm telling you, you see it instead of asking, is think about how many agents you work with that just pull the plug right when they're getting ready to catch momentum, right? It, it blows my yep. mind. And I think that's the other part of this. It doesn't matter whether it's paid or organic strategy. There is a time period that you have to allow to let things ramp up and start catching on. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I bet you I probably had blogged for better part of a year before I started getting traction. There are some reasons that it wasn't faster, but I wouldn't have expected it to be much faster because 
I hate to give everybody a newsflash, but it's really difficult to become a subject matter expert when your oldest blog is three months old. Like people do look at that stuff, right? And so, yep. And um, a year is usually that's a pretty standard. Yeah, journal, I would think so you know? too. And that's what that's what all of this stuff is. Is it's building a foundation. Um, so you know, we reference like the the fridge magnets and all of that stuff. That's those are just shotgun shots. Right. But when you build a strong organic presence, when you have a good paid um, strategy, when you have a marketing strategy, you're building a foundation and that can't be shook. Your ads only get better as the pixels grow, as you learn the process of how to close an Internet lead. Um, All of those different things matter. Right. So we're building a foundation. So if you are trying to build a foundation and you're pouring concrete and then you're like, well, I hate this concrete company. I'm going to go get a different concrete company. And then you have them pour part of the foundation and then you get mad at them and you have Bob come do it because he's your neighbor. And he said he can do it. He mixes up some quick crete. Your foundation (laughs) of your house is going to be trash, right? It's the Mm -hmm. same thing. You have to go in, you have to go in with, and I always suggest using a boutique sort of, obviously I'm a boutique um, sort of business. It sounds like the guy that you're using is boutique. You get more one-on-one attention and our prices tend to be higher, but do you want more one-on-one attention? Do you want the explanations or do you want to bounce around from mm-hmm. Target to Walmart to all of these different places? And that's really what it is, is, is deciding I'm going to make this part of my marketing. And like the brand awareness ad you were talking about, do you guys know how many brands people are seeing in a day? How many advertisements? Ooh. Uh, I would say whatever the number is, it's going to be so ridiculously I different know. than what I say. I, right. I, I would say, I would it's say 85. 3000. Holy shit. So think about all of the advertisements you're seeing just in these squares, right? You're seeing my brand, you're seeing Nike, you're seeing yeah. TEDx <laughs> hair flip. You're seeing Florida <laughs> wrist partners. You're seeing Michael Collins, Irish whiskey, right? All of these, we're seeing all of these brands, Right. And then you walk by your Alexa in your house and she's like, uh, my favorite thing to do. So the town I live in has like 1200 people in the county, right? Oh my God. So Alexa will be like, you know, find a place to order local pizza. And I'm like, all right, smart ass. Where am I going to order local pizza and have it delivered? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Anyway, that's a game I play. Um, But, you know, think about that. There's LCD screens on uh, refrigerators and washing machines. So we're getting brand bombarded in our own house with all of hey, our devices. I know you, yeah, I know you wouldn't know this, <laughs> but there are ads in front of urinals, you know, in men's bathrooms or on the back of stall doors. You know, I'm sure they have them in yeah. the ladies' room. Like you literally yeah. can go nowhere without being advertised to. Yep, exactly. And so we're we're doing that. And then to capture somebody's attention online, we have one quarter of a second. One quarter of a second to capture somebody's attention online. That's why the brand consistency, right? With you and the meat and the barbecues and, and um, you know, me and our families and all of that kind of stuff. People will be like, I posted a picture of my kid and it got 200 likes. And I posted something about my business and I got three. Well, your kid's cuter than your business. Yeah, put your put your company t-shirt <laughs> on your kid. That's how it works. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Combine the two. So we have one quarter of a second to capture somebody's attention. We're already... <laughs> fighting our space way into the space and with the 3000 ads mm-hmm. people are seeing in a day. 
Plus, people need to see our brand 21 times before they're ready to make a buying decision. Mm. Wow. So people be like, well, I posted three times online and nobody bought anything. I called a lead three times and nobody bought it. Well, 21, y'all, 21. Has Have those numbers changed like drastically in the last, whatever, 10 years? I would have to imagine that like like the one, um, what do you say, quarter a quarter of a second, that has probably like decreased or increased whatever um whichever Got direction shorter. that is yeah, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> I, I would imagine like with, with with you know social media coming around and all that it's like i totally i mean i'm scrolling through i'm we talked about it a thousand times on Dude, the podcast. a thousand times I, I already know where you're going with this yeah. and can't wait to hear which one yeah. you're going to talk about well, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook and I'll end up buying some shit that I see on there that they, they, but they target me and they know the stuff that I buy from the stuff that I have bought off of Facebook, but it's, <laughs> if I'm, I'm scrolling through and it, it is probably, I mean, it, I've never thought about that before, but it, it like, if it's ugly or something that's not cool, in my opinion, it's like, boom, I'm scrolling past and it is a quarter of a second, I guess, but I, I would have to imagine yeah. that that has, that, that, that window has like decreased since the, Oh, significantly, significantly. And um, the numbers, the biggest number increases I'm seeing are since COVID, right? Because now our grandparents are online. Like, so there's a lot more, people had to get more technical during COVID, right? We were doing Zooms. People were starting to post more online. They're starting to realize the reason why all of us have been doing all of this digital marketing um, for all these years. And on the flip side of that, the one thing I do want to really, the, the nugget I want to leave everybody with I'm not ending, ending the interview, um, is you do not have to have a huge following, right? People are like, right people following you. Yeah, you can, I have built a six figure marketing business with just shy of 6,000 Facebook followers. I mess around on TikTok a little bit. The only reason I'm on TikTok is because Montana told me I can't be on TikTok. And I'm like, no, that's not how I roll. Wait, what? (laughs) So Montana's outlying... TikTok. Montana, yeah, Montana banned TikTok. Huh. Okay. So I'm, I'm, like, not, I'm not on TikTok. All right. So I don't, I don't really. Well, I guess I'm on TikTok now. now. So, and I'm not consistent with it. So there's a really, really big difference. Um, so when we're talking about mindset, what do you need to know? Um, there's a huge difference between content creation and building a brand and building no like and trust with people. You can build no like and trust with people on Facebook and LinkedIn very easily. And you can get a hundred people that really enjoy interacting with you. And you're going to get enough referrals and enough people reaching out for business um, just with a very small core group of people that want to do business with you. Um, So I liken it to social media, especially Facebook and LinkedIn, there's no big difference between it and networking in real life. So if you treat your social media as like you're in a networking situation, then you can still build those relationships, right? Like I had been at David's kind of hindsight or periff over here in his periff all the time. And then when ION came up, I walked right directly up to him. And the first thing I talked about was smoking meat. And now he's in a conversation with me. He doesn't even know why, but it was a plan. <laughs> I had a plan, right? <laughs> and and now we're having a conversation. So that's what's so cool about social media is you can skip all of that small talk. 
I don't have to walk up and be like, oh, are you David? Um, do you know anything about trucking insurance? Right? Like you can just go right in. So these relationships. <laughs> I saw your sausage building, <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How to make the bacon. I need to know. <laughs> um, so there's so many cool steps that you can do. On the other side of that, let's flip back over to the content creation side. People will be like, well, I'll, you know, Bob's successful on TikTok. Well, that's awesome. Bob has a content team that's putting out three to four videos a day that are professionally produced and all of these different things. So there's a really big difference between you as a single agent building a brand of no like and trust the same way you would at a BNI meeting or a chamber meeting and Bob having an entire team of digital marketing strategists and content creators for LinkedIn or for Instagram and TikTok and Reels and Twitter and all of that other stuff. So let me ask you this. In a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Where do you tell people they should spend their time? If, if, if I'm an agency and I want to come and I want to, you know, I want to start somewhere. I've never done anything before. What's your advice for me? Where do I, where should I spend my time? Facebook. All day, every day. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, I would argue that you're kind of hiding unless you're looking for, I, I spend time on LinkedIn because I'm looking for other insurance professionals. If you're looking for consumers, you need to be on Facebook and grab your pencil because I'm going to give you guys the, the tips on how to do it. Okay. A pencil. What the hell is a pencil? I don't know why <laughs> we still say that. Grab, when's the last time Here's you grabbed a, a pencel? Nice, a nice fresh Ticonderoga. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of rogas oh, weren't even a bro. thing when I, yeah, well, they weren't even a thing when I was in school. But it is funny because we were still using pencil sharpeners when I was in high school. So it's not even oh, like yeah. we have to go back to my elementary school days to find evidence of pencils. Like in the my crank life. boys on the wall. Oh yeah, oh, you yeah. got to walk across. You yeah. could only get up. The, fis the went, fiskers had to had to raise your hand and ask for permission. Yeah, <laughs> show your fit off for the day. That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, so grab your pencil, sharpen it up. Um, I'm going to go through this really, really quickly. I do have an app that you can download for free that gets more into it, but we call it the five by five by five. This is like the foundation of foundations of digital marketing. You'll hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, you're going to send out five connection requests strategically every single day. So if you're, what you're doing, you can add 5,000 people to your Facebook, right? And those people have to say, yes, I want to be friends with this person. So I want you to start thinking about your social media, mainly your Facebook as a big networking situation. So who do you want in your networking room? Those are the people you're going to friend request. Okay. So you're going to send five friend requests every day. You're going to interact on five posts every single day. So if David's talking about how awesome his bacon is, then you are going to use two to three sentences the same way you would in real life on his post. Okay. People post about stuff that's important to them. I always hear people say, well, I don't care who's having coffee today. Well, I don't give a shit if you care about my coffee either, but comment on it, <laughs> right? You don't have to care about everything people's posting about. Get over it. So two to three sentences every single day on five different people's posts. And then the last thing you're going to do is you're going to send five direct messages. Now you're not going to send a direct message that's like, hey, do you want to come sell insurance? Or, hey, did you know I have insurance? Again, you want to think about it like you're networking. So the five direct messages you're sending every day are like you pulling them off to the side and saying, hey, I saw that Johnny had a birthday party last week. The cake was awesome. Um, where'd you guys get it? Or I see that you're looking for book recommendations. You should read The Alter Ego Effect. It's my favorite book. 
um, bring value. If you're starting a conversation with, you know, like, hey, girl, hey, um, that's that's not we're not going into pitch into the direct messages. We're starting a conversation. Um, and then you need to post about yourself. You need to post about your business. You need to post about your family, your hobbies, whatever it is, and let people get to know you. What do you talk about in a small talk situation in a networking event? That's what you need to be posting online. There you go. Yeah. You know, I've always said, and it's funny because I've been involved in some level of social media marketing for the better part of 20 years. Um, and I've always told people you have, if you want to build mark, if you want to do marketing effectively online, you have to build your credibility and you do that on two platforms. Coincidentally, Facebook <laughs> and LinkedIn, you build your, your professional <laughs> credibility on LinkedIn and you build your social credibility on Facebook and you don't post. I, I post the same. If I'm linking to a blog post or something like that, then I will typically share it across multiple platforms, but the language in the post is never the same. You know, the yeah. blog that I put up or the um, the thing that I put up today, I put up a couple of different things um, where LinkedIn is one message that uses different wording because I'm speaking to a completely different audience than the people that I would be talking to on Facebook versus who I'm talking to on Twitter. And I think that's the other thing is, you know, how I hang with my buddies from college is not necessarily the way I hang with carrier reps and underwriters and, you know, people from, or prospects that matter, you know, that, that would be on LinkedIn. My college buddies would be Facebook. My professional relationships would be on LinkedIn. And it is a completely different, not language, but a, an approach to both of those. And I've done both of those things relatively consistently for, you know, almost 20 years now. And that methodology has, has worked pretty well for me because of that. There are certain things that I don't post on Facebook that I would post on LinkedIn. And there are certain things that I would post on LinkedIn that I wouldn't post on Facebook, you know, and it's just, yeah. again, nature of the beast, because you don't want to be in a situation where you lose credibility or you lose some reach because you posted the wrong thing on the wrong platform. It's not like, you know, you're going to talk with more casual language in a single post and run your audience off. But if you do it three or four times, that's who you become now because these people more than likely don't know you personally. Very few do. And that's the, the thing that's really the most interesting about social and what I alluded to earlier, you know, I'll run into somebody I've never talked to before who will come up to me and ask me about my kids by name. You know, they want to know what Ethan's up to. What's he been, mm -hmm. you know, what's Ethan doing? You talk to him yet today, staying out of trouble, you know, all of these different things. And that's how I know it's working. I don't really mm -hmm. care if you know yeah. much about like, you know, my side of things. If you know my kids, my pets, you know, what we eat for dinner, you do know, you do know me because that's exactly who I am. So now let's talk about why you're stalking me on social so much, because there's obviously a reason, you know, is it because I can help you in some way? What is that? You know? Yeah. Yep. Well, and you just think about it like different networking pots, right? Like if you're going to network with the mayor and the president of the chamber and stuff, you're not going to walk in and be like, yo guys, what up? I'm here. Um, <laughs> but you might do that at a BNI meeting. 
So it's just knowing who you're who you're interacting with. Kyle um, will. He's going to go in and give and him I, the secret handshake. That's exactly how I walk into B&I meetings. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how. But up, again, nerds? it's who are you? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, you know, and that's something I talk about with you a bit too much is what is your personality? So mine, I, I mean, for me personally, I do kick in a door the same way <laughs> every time I walk into a room. Um, but that's how I, that's, that's part of my brand. That's part of my, my sparkle in the world. Um, but I'm also not well received in the, in the mayor, mayoral room all of the time. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> it works for me. So when you go around and speak at different events, conferences, et cetera, like what's the most satisfying aspect of that for you? When people understand the message, um, I, you, I usually after I speak, I'll have people come up to me and say, you know, oh, I've been told I'm, I'm too heavy or I'm too loud or I'm too quiet. Um, and, and I realize that I can start letting other people's opinions go and I can start embracing who I am and what my a bit too much is. Um, and it's, and what's so cool, the, the biggest thing for me is I usually start my speech saying who here has ever been told they're too quiet. And then I'll say, and people raise their hand, who here has ever been told they're too loud. Right. Cause that's a pretty easy one. Um, and then I'll just stop and be like, so what's the perfect volume? Right. And when, when you do that, when I do that from a stage, you can immediately see the light bulbs go off. They're like, holy crap. Like these people have been told they're too loud. These people have been told they're too quiet. What is the perfect volume? And we can really kind of come together as a room and start thinking about what are these things. And that typically, whatever you've been told you're too much of is usually why you're too scared to post online. More often than not. Fair point. So we can work through that mindset block in a 20, 45 minute speech. Um, and I tend to have people, uh, I do, uh, uh, I call it the uh, three minute selfie blitz. So we'll have one of the sound guys put on a song for three minutes and I'll say, go around and take as many selfies with people as you can. And then everybody will start taking selfies. And I'm like, but did you die? Right? Like it's, it, that's how easy it is to network in real life and then take that to online. Now you have pictures, you can tag them online and all of that stuff. And, and it's, I push people out of their comfort zone to the best of my ability with the tools I have to help them realize that we all tend to have the same mindset blocks. Um, and it's just kind of owning them and being able to confidently say, like you were saying, you know, I don't want to be too braggy. It's not bragging. People do follow you. It's okay to say it, you know, it's okay. You know, and I always say, you know, I'm the best organic social media marketing coach in the insurance space. I'm, I'm confident in that. I've got a good team of people I work with, um, other people that do the same thing as me in other industries. Um, I'm, I have a very tight knit digital marketing um, group. So I've always got people lifting me up. I'm always working to better myself. We were talking about the mindset and hearing different things, right? Um, David had said, you know, the older I get, the less I care about other people's opinions. Part of me, you know, I agree with that too. But the other part is you spent years becoming a better you, right? So if you hear Tony Robbins when you're 20 years old, then you hear when you're 21 and 22 and 23, you're a different person every time you hear that message. So your if your mindset's not getting stronger, 
and you're like, well, I already heard Tony Robbins talk once. You know, I'm just using him as an example. Brandon Smith is a great example because he speaks at a lot of events. Every time you hear him, you should be a different person in your mindset. You should be a stronger person on whatever you're working on. So when you hear him talk or you hear me talk or you hear somebody else talk for a second, third, 10th, 15th time, you should be picking up something new. No, I agree. And Brandon is a great example because he does such a good job. And I think too, with people like with like Brandon and some of the people that are the more polished speakers that we have the opportunity to hear, you're going to hear a different message every time too, because you know, Mm -hmm. there's so that people get so full of great ideas and, you know, they want to share as much as they can when they talk that you're busy taking notes on something and you may have missed two or three things that were said in between. And I mean, I'm guilty. I can promise you I'm guilty of doing that to people because I get get ramped up and I go a million miles an hour and I'll try and slow down, but then I'll forget what I was saying. So I have to have to keep going. <laughs> you know, you could probably hear me talk on the same subject four or five times and get a different presentation every single time. I also yeah, don't use slides. You're in a different spot. Neither. <laughs> Yeah, I I also don't use slides because of my ADHD. I can't I cannot focus on slides and focus on talking to an audience. So like I don't think people thought I was serious, but I would I spoke at um Combined Agents of America a few weeks ago in Dallas and I went for 5 hours straight and never looked at a single slide the entire time. It was 100% off the top of my head. How do I replicate that? It's impossible. I have no idea. I, I don't I couldn't tell you one thing I said in five hours today because it's all stuff <laughs> that I do that is second nature to me. But you know I don't know. I, I just blacked I, out. Yeah, exactly. It's what I that's what I told him. <laughs> I felt like Frank the Tank in old school when I when getting ready to bait James Carvel. I just blacked out and don't know what happened. But um, seriously, I, I think that's how people learn, and that's what makes social so much stronger is if you can just tell that your story your story about how you used a product or why you did a thing the way you did it, you know, all of that stuff, um, you know, huge, huge. Yeah. I have, I, I really have like, um, I never sold commercial. I know you do it. Um, I, we have a lot of friends in common and I know you're the best at it because I see people say you're the best at it. I see you doing things, being out in the world. And I was at uh, LeedsCon this year, uh, met up with some friends. I was speaking at a different event, met up with some friends. And there were some PNC agents there. And they're like, I really wanted to get in a commercial. So I pulled up your Facebook. And I'm like, this is the guy right here. This is who you talk to. And so then they're passing my phone around. And everybody's taking pictures of it. And they're friend requesting you. And that's what happens, right? We've never had a conversation about, you know, oh, Sandra, refer me out to people at LeedsCon if you run into them at a bar in the MGM, right? But that's how, that's what the consistency, that's what the foundation does. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. And I think that's the, that's the part that's fun too. So like, if somebody were to say why, you know, why do you invest in, in social media as much as you do? Because truthfully, I like connecting people. I like if, if somebody's got a problem, I like knowing that I know the person who has the solution to that problem. And then I can put the two of them in touch with each other. And now both of them win. 
I don't need anything out of a deal to feel like I get satisfaction from connecting two people. I, I can make money in Florida risk. I can make money, you know, doing some of the other things that I do, but you know, connecting people is not something that I would ever even contemplate charging for. I just think that that's yeah. a lot of it's woven into the fabric of who you are and what really motivates you as a, as a human being too. And that's such a cool way to build your presence quickly online. Um, I've always had a, my slogan's always been, you got a problem, y'all solve it. Um, Cause I've just got a guy for everything, <laughs> right? Like Apparently vanilla I don't ice need is to go them. through your, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need to go through your stuff to know that I'm referring you for commercial, right? It's just, it, you just get to know people, figure out what they bring into the world, what's their sparkle and start spreading sparkle everywhere, all over everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. So we got about four minutes left before we're at the top of the hour. What have we missed? Well, I can tell you what we've missed. Like, how do they get a hold of you? Where do they find you? All these people that want, you know, they want you to be teaching them how you've done what you do. And, you know, the same thing that you're doing for other clients. How do they, how do they find out more about Sandra Gephardt marketing and engage in conversation besides hanging out at the bar in the MGM? (laughs) <laughs> well, and that will be in, in uh, March and April again this next year. But uh, SandraGephardt.com is my website. So you can find connections to the, the spider web out everywhere. And I do have an app in both the Apple Play Store and then those other phones, whatever they are, the Android or Google Play. Or <laughs> um, So it's called, you just search Sandra Gephardt Marketing. Um, You can download it and I go into the, I've got some free trainings on the five by five by five in there. Um, You can go in and get a little bit more in depth as to what I'm chatting about in that. Um, But yeah, my website or you, if you can't find me, I did something wrong. (laughs) Yeah, Nancy, I say that, I'd say that all the time. (laughs) So for those of you who are listening and not looking, it's Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A, Gebhardt, G-E-B as in boy, H-A-R-D as in David, T.com, SandraGebhardt.com. And for those of you who are on YouTube or on the website, we got the link in the show notes. Just go click it. There you go. Cool. Well, listen, I want to take, thank you for taking time out of your day today. That hour flew by relatively quickly, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised it went as fast as it did. That's a good sign for those of us that are recording a lot of podcasts after our first one today, which is you. So if they all go that quick, it's going to be dinner time before we know it. Uh, there you go. Good deal. Well, thanks so much for coming on Sandra people reach out to her. If she's nothing else, she is pink. I, I can't even tell you how pink <laughs> very this pink. background is. If you're, you got to go to the YouTube channel and see it, but, uh, but stop before we leave, what's the story with the, are those dunks or AF ones in the background? Those are dunks. Those are the Jackie Robinson dunks. Nice. nice. Those are, yeah, I, I love them. I wore them once and then I, it was just, it was too stressful. You too retired stressful, them, so they had to go put them right wall. next to your Ted. Well, no, Ted? You, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you're <laughs> tiptoeing around and trying not to crease them up and making sure that it, you, there's nothing gets on them. It's like, it is stressful. I've Do you got, have those toe much. plates, Kyle? N- no, I don't. Um, but I I've do. thought about. I've thought about it. Yeah, you yeah. actually don't even notice that you have them. Todd Tams gave them. To, uh, told me about them when he gave me those Mod Advisor Air Force ones. Mm-hmm. Those I are so on, cool. I went on Amazon and I put them in there, 
It, they, it does not crease. It's crazy. Did they? Did they? It, you just buy like how do you buy them? Like is, is it like I by got a size? Two. Yeah. Like like if you wear ten and a halfs or whatever. I think it's just... probably it, it spans like two sizes, two or three sizes. Interesting. And, and I just I totally it. thought about it, man. Because well, yeah, my... two of them came in a pack for as many Jordans and stuff as you have. I'm surprised. I know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Especially the Jordan um, ones. The toe box creases go... up on those. I went with the classic. Did you just um, take that nice. off your foot. <laughs> yeah, I did. This, I, well, I put thought into what shoes, and I was like, "All right, this is this is a." You're always talking about brand colors, so I I brought out the classic matches all the pink. Um, there you go. Actually, uh, when you hold it up against your wall, it's just like a floating Nike swoosh because the pink yeah. blends in. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's what I picked for you guys today. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm honored. I, and you're right. I if you've got them, flaunt them. Yep. For sure. Why not? All right, everybody. This has been a great conversation on branding, marketing, and a whole bunch of stuff in between. If you have a need in your agency, questions, don't know where to start, looking for some good resources, or just looking for a lifeline, reach out to Sandra Gebhardt at sandragebhardt.com. Information and links will be in the show notes. We'll catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. Killing Commercial.